0: day to be in the house of the Lord amen we're glad you're here today it's an honor to have all of our guests with us once again thank you for being here choosing to be a Christian life on a Sunday morning we are very honored today to have our guest with us I of course have known his family and known of him for many years and of course um, those of you that were at the youth rally all of our young people that were at the youth rally specifically um, were blessed by his ministry on Friday evening but today we are honored to have a very special guest with us from Silsby, Texas brother Nathaniel White would you put your hands together and give him a great big God bless you this pulpit is yours sir preach your heart to us Come on, someone give your hand clap to Jesus. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Come on all across the building. Lift up your voice. Get God's attention this morning. Hallelujah. See, it's easy to mask our lack of, of audible praise with our hand clapping. Because it's easy to clap. Nobody, you can't clap wrong. I mean, you can clap off beat, but that don't mean you're clapping wrong. But we get all messed up and when it comes to, to, to verbally praising God because we don't want to do it wrong. Guess what? There is no perfect way to pray. As long as the name of Jesus is somewhere in it, there is no wrong way to pray. And uh, I am so honored, and, and I'll, I'll perhaps say more tonight, but I am so honored to be here this morning and, and, and this weekend. Uh, just everything has been so, so great. And I am looking forward to what God is going to do here this morning. I do believe that God is going to speak directly to some individuals here this morning. Tonight, I believe the Lord, if if he should keep me in the direction he has, God wants to speak to the heart of this local church tonight. If you consider yourself a part of this church, you consider uh, uh, this church to be your home church, you need to be here tonight. Uh, The Lord wants to speak to you and kind of help establish some things in the season that this church is in. Amen. Anybody thankful that God knows where we're at? I want to say I give honor this morning to your pastor, to the ministerial team, to everybody that's here. Y'all have just a phenomenal operation, and it is so, so nice to be here. Walk in, you just kind of feel at home. You just kind of feel like you belong, and uh, I I am so thankful. And uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Jude, chapter 1. You know, the coolest part, while you're turning, the coolest part about it being the first service at a congregation is that you don't know me, I don't know you, and so there's no chance that I could have picked up on something or I could have have overheard something about you. I don't know who you are. There's been names that have been mentioned about this one does this and this one does this, and I'm terrible with names. So I don't know anything about anybody. So when it's a meeting like this, you know when God begins to speak and God begins to move, you know it's God. And God's got somebody's number this morning. God knows exactly where you're at and what you're dealing with. For feel the Holy Ghost already this morning. Amen. Jude chapter 1 and verse 20, the Bible says, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Someone say, sometimes you got to build yourself up. Praying in the Holy Ghost keep yourselves in the love of God looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life and some have compassion making a difference and others save with fear pulling them out of the fire hating even the garments spotted by the flesh 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15 just two quick scriptures and and then we'll move on it says the bible the bible says this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. News flash: God did not come for all the purty, perfect Pentecostals. All you jokers that's got it all together, I'm probably not going to be preaching to you today. Jesus came to the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief, howbeit for this cause I obtained mercy. That in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on Him to everlasting life. This morning I want to preach for my first contribution ever to this congregation. I want to preach about the pursuit of mercy. Someone look at your neighbor and say, There's a pursuit of God's mercy. Would you lay down your Bibles, lay down your tablets, whatever it may be. I'm asking you to lift your hands. And if by chance you're not ready to receive a word from God, I want us to get there right now. Come on, lift up your voice right now. Begin to talk to Jesus. to
1: stay focused.
0: Help me, God, to be sensitive. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Come on, now let's clap our hands to Jesus right now. Come on, somebody across the building and say, hallelujah. Come on, one more time, hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Amen, amen. You can be seated. I think we must agree and, and, and we must admit, and I believe that at least the majority of us can agree that simply by the fact that you and I are sitting in this building this morning, and that we are a part of this service. There is an element of mercy at work in our lives. You see, it is commonly stated that by His grace and mercy we are still here. Though somewhat cliche by some standards, I must admit to this congregation that I could not agree more. Every day that we every service that we attend every breath that we breathe is only because of the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ I, it is simply the favor and the love of Christ that we are still breathing and walking this earth I'm not a Debbie downer but this world is not a perfect place and this world is wicked and the world is is perverse in so many different ways and to step back and to see how far Our culture has digressed and how far our culture has changed. It must only be the mercy of God that we are still alive and living today. It is the love and kindness of a merciful God that the world has not been destroyed because... Of its wickedness Because of his mercy We have been given one more day To make the most of living for God We haven't just been given another Sunday To enjoy family dinner Or to enjoy seeing our friends and our loved ones But God gave us another day So that we can make the most of living for him We've been given another day To make sure that we are ready to see him in glory. If the rapture takes place or if I take my last breath before the day is over, I want to make sure before I leave this place this morning that I am ready to see the face of our Savior. I want to make sure that I am ready to walk on streets of gold and see the gates of pearl. I'm excited about heaven today. I'm excited about the streets of of glory i got to be honest with you, this morning I grow increasingly frustrated with the fact that the world, the denominal world, and the compromised religions have stolen our message of mercy. There are movements that have so twisted what the real mercy of God is that we as the apostolics and Pentecostals, we have become almost afraid of preaching, about the mercies of God and the love of God because we don't want to be misunderstood. We don't want to be perceived as just a bunch of fluff and stuff. But I've got to tell this congregation this morning, I've come today to defy the odds. I've come today with zero worry about what anybody else thinks of me. I've come to go against the grain, if you please, when the voice of heaven to tell this congregation That God's mercy is still pure. God's mercy is still real. God's mercy still covers a multitude of sins. Lamentations 3 and 21 says, This I recall to my mind, and therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassion fails not. They are new every morning and great is thy faithfulness. Sometimes in this walk with God, you've got to remind yourself, I still get mercy. It is not an excuse to sin. It is not a license to walk away. But when you do fall and when you do make a mistake, you've got to remind yourself, I still Get mercy. I may fall and I may make shipwreck of my life, but when it's all said and done, God's mercy's right there waiting on me. I may not have all the answers, but He, in His mercy, is there to lead me and guide me. Your struggle did not catch mercy off guard. Your issues and your frustrations, they didn't catch mercy off guard. That's why he said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. I say again that we are only here by the grace and mercies of God. Grace is the unmerited mercy and favor of God to humanity. It is by His grace that we receive mercy. In His grace, He allows us to receive what we do not deserve. Our humanity is flawed. Our flesh is riddled with issues, but it's by His grace that we experience the love of His mercy. What we must understand is that we are not saved by grace alone. Grace alone is not enough to forgive us of our sins, but... But our humanity must seek out the mercy of God. While it is by grace that we experience His mercy, we cannot have eternal life without mercy. Mercy is the compassion and the forgiveness shown to someone when it was in, it is within your ability to pass judgment and punish them. Without mercy, there is no salvation. Without mercy, there is no future in God. There is no hope of a better tomorrow because without mercy, humanity is bound for a bitter and dreadful end because we must have the mercies of God. It is for this reason that humanity must seek out the mercy of God every day of our lives. In fact, it was Paul who wrote and said, I die daily. There must be a dying out of our flesh every day of our lives. In order to ultimately live, your flesh and your sinful nature has got to die out to the will and the plan of God. We've got to die out to sinful ways. We've got to die out to sinful addictions. We must die out from sinful lifestyles. Humanity, must must pursue the mercies of God. This is why Jude would record in the first chapter of his writings, but be beloved, uh, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Uh, can I speak to some tenured Pentecostals? Uh, can I speak to the perfect, uh, perfect saints today? Uh, according to Jude, you shouldn't have to come to the pastor uh, to find your faith. Now, this is a little bit God-led and a little bit pastor's kid-led. I, 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 it blows my mind the saints that have to counsel every service. The Bible says build yourself on your most holy faith. Well, I just don't know. Well, find it and build yourself up. A little bit harsh there, and I know some of you are like, oh my God, this is the first time he's met us. But some of you know who I'm talking to. He said, keep yourselves in the love of God looking for the mercy, look, seeking for the mercy of our Lord. The epistle of Jude was not written to a particular person. It was not written to a a, a specific family or even a a particular church. But Jude's letter was written to the whole society of Christians in that day and time. And yet it still stands as a reminder and a lasting testament today for those who claim to be saved. Here we find Jude telling the people, You've got to look for the mercies of God. Eternal life is gained only through mercy. Mercy is our only plea, and it is not our merit. One thing we must understand from this point forward today is that there is nothing that we can ever do that deserves the mercy of God. It doesn't matter if you've been raised in this your whole life or if this is your first time in this congregation. No one deserves the mercy of God. There is not a man on the face of this earth that deserves God's touch. We do not obtain mercy by our good deeds or our good actions. We do not gain mercy by our well intentions. But we seek the mercy of God. We will not make it to heaven on our social status or on how good we were to charities. But we obtain mercy And we learn to plead with the master of our souls. The Bible clearly states that not only through the mercy of God as our creator, but through the mercies of Jesus Christ as our redeemer, everyone that's going to make it to heaven is only going to make it by Jesus. That's why he said in Acts chapter 4 and 12 that there is no other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. I don't mean to offend you, but just shaking a preacher's hand is not going to get you to heaven. Being a friend of Pastor Jordan is not going to get you to heaven. But the Bible still says, except a man be born again of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Jude was sure to point out the fact that if you're going to make it to heaven, it will be because you looked for mercy. It will be because you sought out the mercies of God. We need to look no further than the words of Habakkuk to find that the plea of mercy is not always easy, nor is it always for ourselves. The plea of mercy comes with passion. And desire and burden. Habakkuk 3 and 2 says, O Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make known. In wrath, remember mercy. Mercy those that were intimately acquainted with the mind of God concerning future events knew better than others how to order their prayers and what to pray for and so here we find Habakkuk in conversation with God as he speaks and he says I've heard your prayers I've heard the speech I've heard the things that you've got to say in other words I've heard what you've said to me and the other orders that were given to me and how that affliction is going to come unto the people but watch what he says in the very end he said God in all of your doings and in all of your abilities. I'm asking that you remember mercy. It is here that Habakkuk sees the displeasure of God against the people that he once loved and it strikes a chord of fear in his spirit. There is wrath coming to their world and so it is the prophet that begins to intercede and ask for mercy for the people. He knew that trouble was coming. He knew that the judgment of God was on its way. Habakkuk does not say remember our merit remember our good deeds remember how much we deserve this remember how much we've done for the community but the preacher stands up and says God I know you have the ability to rain down fire and judgment I know you have the ability and God you even have the right to rain down fury and anger upon them but God as their man of God I stand before you and I I ask you, remember mercy. Can I tell this church today, you better thank God every day that you live for a pastor that stands in the gap when we fall and when we make mistakes. Thank God for a man of God. Thank God for a preacher that when we don't deserve it, he prays for us. When we make mistakes and when we try to walk away, there's a preacher that loves us. What we must realize... His apostolic saints of God is that we must not just pursue the blessings, but we need the mercy. We do not need more power. We need the mercies of God. We do not need more anointing. We need the mercies of God. In 2022, the prophet knew that he must pursue mercy if the people were going to make it. If the people had a prayer of making it through the wrath of God, he would have to be the one that would stand and ask for the mercies of Jesus. Jesus Christ. More time than not, you will find that humanity must pursue the mercies of God. But I must remind this beautiful congregation that more often than we realize, mercy is seeking you. Naturally, those that are familiar with the Bible will go directly to the Psalm of David, chapter twenty-three. It's notoriously known. It's quoted. It's 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 quoted at all kinds of events. Psalms twenty-three and six says, "Surely goodness and." Allow me for a few moments to journey into the intricate details of such a simple scripture. For it is here that we must find the heartbeat of what God is trying to say to individuals that are sitting in this congregation. How confidently David counts upon the continuance of God's favor. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. His hope rises and his faith is strengthened. David so confident. In God's mercy promises himself that all the streams of mercy will follow him. David the cheater. David the adulterer. David the one that made more mistakes than the Bible could record and yet somehow he finds the confidence to say mercy is going to follow me. How will this mercy find him? It will follow him. Just as the water from the rock flowed for the children of Israel in the wilderness, it'll follow him. Just as the manna was made fresh every morning for a group of people that murmured and complained against the man of God and against God that had put them in that position. Just as the blessings followed the children of Israel through the wilderness, mercy is following David. How does David... How does David have such such a confidence that mercy should follow him? I tell this congregation that just as we must pursue mercy, mercy is on the hunt for you. Mercy is not left at an altar, but it follows you to places that you think nobody else is. It will follow you into all the places and into all the conditions that you've allowed your life to get in. It will be there, and it will always be ready to touch you. Mercy is constant. As surely as the sun rises in the morning. Mercy is following you. It shall be made new every morning. Where does David gain the confidence that so many of us lack? You see the word follow in this original text in the Hebrew. The word follow means radoff, which means to pursue or to chase. With this understanding, we can read David's writing as this surely goodness and mercy shall pursue me all the days. Or maybe we read it this way. Surely goodness and mercy will chase after me. Mercy is there when you least expect it. Mercy is there when you don't deserve it. Mercy is rushing to your aid when you don't see how things are going to change and you don't know how you're going to turn your life around. Mercy's there for you. Mercy was seen as Lot was led out of the city by the angels of the Lord. Mercy rushed to the aid of a woman caught in the act of adultery as she lay on a dirty temple floor. Mercy was seen when the door of the ark closed behind Noah and his family. A second chance was heard by the cries of Isaac, though Abraham and Sarah had tried to do things their own way. Mercy chased one man all the way across the valley and all the way up a hill to where three crosses stood. And mercy just kept on going. And mercy just kept on chasing until their arms were outstretched uh, and they were hung in front of everybody. Uh, No, uh, it's not Jesus that mercy chased, uh, but it was the thief uh, and the liar beside him uh, that Jesus said, surely uh, this day uh, will you be with me in paradise. Mercy will chase you uh, until you don't have anywhere else to run. Mercy will chase you uh, when you don't have anywhere else to go uh, because mercy loves you uh, and God loves you uh, and he needs you to know uh, I've got a plan For your life, I've got a purpose for your life, preacher don't have anywhere else to go. I don't know what else to do. I've turned to everybody and there's nothing there. I don't know what else to do in my life. It's almost over. It's almost finished. I've come today under the unction of the Holy Ghost to preach to somebody. You're this close to giving up. You're this close to ending it all. You hear me in the Holy Ghost. There is somebody in this building. You are battling the spirit of suicide. You are battling the spirit of depression. But mercy Chased you all the way to a church This morning Mercy chased you in the message of a preacher To tell you You don't have to go out like that You don't have to give up You don't have to walk away God loves you I come today To preach to every individual In the sound of my voice There is a reason You are in this service. There is a reason you are in this sanctuary today. There's a reason you've been feeling that tug and that pull on your spirit. While I would never downplay the power of God's conviction, Pastor, I never want to be guilty of misunderstanding and downplaying the power of God's mercy. I'm going to preach to somebody. I may not get done with my message this morning, but I'm going to preach to somebody. You've had a lot of restless nights. You've been been sick and tired of not being able to sleep. Every day of your life, you feel just something ain't right and you've been thinking it's the devil and you've been thinking that it's God punishing you. I come today with a revelation for you. I come today to shine a light on your world. It's not that God's mad at you. It's not that God hates you. It's not that you're being tormented by an evil spirit. It's the mercies of God that's saying, if you just turn your life to me, I'll make it better. If you just quit running from the plan I have for you, I'll make it better. I want to tell somebody, you don't have to stay addicted to drugs. You don't have have to keep filling the void with alcohol <clears throat> you don't know the addiction that I've got you're right but I know the power of the God I serve I can tell you there's a Connie sitting in the building today Your name may be Connie, but I'm talking about a Connie that goes to Silsby Church. Connie walked through the back doors of our church one day. Be seated real quick. Connie walked through the back doors of our church. She she was in such a, a messed up state. She said she was driving in front of the highway that goes in front of our church. And she said, when I passed, I felt something and I just felt prompted to turn around. What nobody knew and what she didn't admit till later on is that she was incredibly intoxicated on methamphetamines. And she said, I knew for something to tell me that I needed to go to church. It had to be something big. She said, so I turned and here comes Connie stumbling through the back doors of the church and she makes it to about the back row and worship service is going on and people are praying and here comes Connie in her altered state with the addictions of the world literally hanging on her and here comes Sister Connie right down the center aisle all the way down to the altar where God met her and she asked for forgiveness of her sins and she was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost that fast and it wasn't Dylan, it wasn't until she stood up and turned around and looked at the lady that was praying for her, that it dawned on her she was at her sister's church. Sister Melanie's been a part of our church for 18 years, and she's been praying for her sister that she had not seen in over 10. But here comes Connie into her sister's church. Don't you tell me prayers don't work. Don't you tell me God doesn't know how to move. Connie's in her early 40s or so, somewhere, somewhere in that. And 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 she comes to church and she she gets in Bible studies and she gets in in discipleship classes. And we're sitting there and I'm teaching discipleship class one day. And, and they come and get her and they say, Connie, I gotta hurry. They say, Connie, we got a problem. You need to come talk to us. And I didn't know what it was. But what I found out later is that Connie was sitting there and she's on probation. And the kind of probation we have in Texas, they can come search your home anytime they want to and she was nervous because she had a, a a friend that was living there who she wasn't married to and he had stuff in his house and and she was afraid she was she said if i go if i get, if it's found i'm gone for the next 6 years i'm going back to prison I said, well, Connie, we're going to pray. They come and got me. I went out and talked to her. I said, Connie, we're going to pray. I said, here's what's going to happen. Tonight when church starts, we're going to go down to the front. I said, as soon as you feel the prompting of the Holy Ghost, I want you to go. She said, I'm just tired of being addicted. I'm tired of dealing with this. So we come down, church starts. The first song starts off. And here comes Connie right down the center aisle. Because you know what? There's a difference when you're just playing with God and when you're serious about it. Some of us come in because it's an obligation. But there's a lot of people that come to church because they have no other alternative. They've ran out of choices. They've ran out of options. They're fed up with their life. They're fed But here comes Sister Connie down the center aisle. I walked down, I laid my hand, it had nothing to do with my abilities. I don't have no voodoo power, nothing like that. I laid my hands on Sister Connie, and boom, she fell out of the Holy Ghost, began to speak in tongues. And I watched as she began to breathe, and then she sat up and she looked at me, and she said, Nate, it's gone, it's gone, it's gone. I said, Connie, what's gone? She said, I'm not addicted to anything anymore. She's in her 40s. She said, I have smoked or I have some done some kind of drugs. Since the time I was 13 years old, I have been addicted. But today, Sister Connie is in our jail ministry. Sister Connie's a department leader. Sister Connie's leading people to, you want to know why? Because Mercy chased her in an addicted state. Mercy chased her and told her, I'll change her Thursday night. Yeah, that was a few years ago. But Thursday, I'm tell you how quick this is. Thursday night, I sat with my wife at our coffee shop at our church, becoming you area back there. We sat and we taught this young lady a Bible study. She has known nothing but dysfunction her entire life. She's been out of prison now for about three years. She went in for drug charges. She said, "I've been addicted. I've been messed up. I've got all kinds of problems. I got all kinds of issues." But she sat there, and as I simply see, we take so many things for granted, church. I sat there and I began to explain about the plan of salvation and why we speak in tongues and why we receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and we're baptized in Jesus' name. And as she sat there, tears began to run down her face. And she said, I don't want to leave this. She said, there's something about the church. There's just so much peace here. There's so much love here. She said, I don't feel this anywhere else. Church, let me remind the heart of this church this. That if you for no other reason, you need to keep doing what you're doing and you need to keep loving this city because there are people that are walking in that are broken. There are people that are walking in that are busted and disgusted and they need to know there's somewhere I can go where people will love me. There's a place I can go where people will accept me and believe in me. You hear me today, church? God's got a plan for this congregation. You're not just here because it just happened. You're not here because it was an accident or because of good business moves. No, you're here because God has divinely orchestrated this church for this city, Pastor. This church is the lighthouse to this city. This church is a lighthouse to lost souls. <clears throat> Mercy is the thing that's been tugging at your spirit. Mercy is the thing that's been keeping you awake at night. Mercy is the only reason you're still here. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter when you've done it. It doesn't matter how many tries times you've tried. And yet there is still somebody here today that is still questioning the aspect of mercy. In fact, it is the most important aspect that we must see. As I try to hurry to a close, humanity must pursue mercy, and we must pursue mercy, and we must chase after it. But what we must ask ourselves today is this before we leave this place this morning. What is the pursuit of mercy? Not who is the pursuit, but what is. Why why does mercy pursue us in our messed up state? Why does mercy pursue us? with all of our issues and all of our problems. Why does mercy come after me so relentlessly for this? We must look at the man who reminded us that we must die daily. It was the Apostle Paul who before his conversion had been known as Saul, the persecutor. He had taken pride and joy in the brutal beatings, the torture and even the murder of Christians in that day. But now we find him laying on a road blinded from a light and a voice booming from the heavens. The Bible is clear when it tells us that Jesus came not for the righteous but for the sinner. He came to save sinners. He came to save those who could not save themselves. Blasphemers and persecutors are the chief of sinners. And such was Saul. Saul was in that day the worst kind of sinner. He was feared by believers and non-believers alike. He was intentionally chased on a road to Damascus by mercy. Blinded and knowing there was a greater power in his life. We we can watch as he is converted and begins his ministry. The man who wrote death sentences would go on to write 13 books of our Bible. The sinner would now be the saint. The persecutor is now the preacher. The blasphemer is now the believer. The man of ridicule is now a man of reverence. For Paul Mercy was seen in a light from heaven. On a road towards sin and destruction. Paul knew that there was a greater purpose for his salvation. The events had been too unique. And the circumstances too dramatic. For it to be written off as an accident. Paul knew he had a greater purpose for his experience. This is evident by the terminology in 1 Timothy. Chapter 1 and verse 16. When he said, how be it for this cause. Obtain thy mercy. That in me first Christ Jesus. Might show forth all longsuffering. For a pattern to them which should come after. And it is here that we find the truest purpose of this message for it is here that we can see clearly the reason for your being pursued. No longer is humanity in pursuit of mercy. No longer is mercy just in pursuit of humanity. But here we see the pursuit of mercy. Paul tells us that he was not saved simply for the purpose of receiving mercy, but he received mercy for the pursuit of his destiny. There was a purpose for his life and it was mercy's job to pursue that destiny. Mercy had to pursue the purpose. First Timothy allows us to see uh, while mercy is chasing you, uh, it does not stop once it gets you, uh, but it must go. Uh, and the truest pursuit of mercy uh, is when mercy drags you toward a purpose uh, and a destiny that you do not feel qualified for. Uh, mercy drags you uh, and pushes you into a life of ministry uh, that you thought you could never have. Uh, I didn't experience mercy uh, just so that I could be forgiven, uh, but mercy pursued me uh, so that I could lead others uh, to Christ. Mercy chased me so that I could be an example to the people around me. The pursuit of mercy was so that ministry could begin. Mercy, let me know. I've got a purpose for your life. You may feel empty. You may feel void. You may feel like you don't have anywhere to go, but mercy is chasing you today. And so it is. With those of you sitting under the sound of my voice, you are not here on accident. You have not been troubled in your sleep without calls. You have not experienced the things that you have gone through that have led you to this point without reason. But mercy has pursued you to a Sunday morning service. Mercy has pursued you. For Paul, it was a bright light and a screaming voice from the heavens. But for those of you that sit here this morning, it's a burden preacher screaming a message of mercy. Mercy is not something you experience at an altar and then walk away from mercy did not and it will not pursue you so that it can be left at an altar when the service is over but mercy true unoblaborated mercy is trying to pursue the anointing that is on your life the pursuit of mercy is the calling of God on your life that you don't feel qualified for the pursuit of mercy is to take you places that you thought you would never go. Mercy has a destiny, and mercy's pursuit is to take you there. Mercy has a purpose, and its primary goal is to go hand in hand with you there. Mercy has a ministry. It matters not to me where you came from. It matters not to me what you've done or the mistakes you've made. It doesn't matter to me how long you have or have not been in this church. If you're a first-time guest, I need to tell you, you this morning. Uh, God led you here on purpose. Uh, If you're a new convert, uh, I would say... If you're a new convert in this congregation, I would say by now you've already battled with the thoughts of not being adequate and not feeling like you deserve it and feeling like it's just a show and it's just a one-hit wonder. But I come today to tell you if you will sell out to God, if you will sell out to the purpose that God has for your life, there is nothing that God can't do with you. Your wildest imaginations, your greatest dreams can still happen. Why? Not because you're perfect, not because you've got it all figured out, but because mercy is right beside you. Mercy is chasing you. Mercy is leading you. Come here, Dylan. Mercy is not something you experience as you repent of your sins at an altar and then walk away. But I'm going to show you where some of you are tonight. Some of you tonight, you get up today, you're going to get done praying and you're going to turn and you're going to try to walk back away. And what you don't realize is that tug you feel. It's not the judgment of God. It's mercy saying, hey, that's not where destiny is. That's not where I want to take you. I mean, there's things uh, we try to walk out and then we push through that little feeling. We push through that little guilt that we feel uh, and we go back and we put the needle back in our arm uh, and we put it back to our lips uh, and we put the bottle back to our mouth uh, and you feel that tugging feeling somewhere down inside of you. Uh, you feel that nasty feeling down inside of you. Uh, it's not just the conviction of God. Uh, it's mercy saying, I can't fulfill my purpose if you stay here. I can I want to tell somebody in the Holy Ghost, mercy's right beside you. You think you've gone too far, but mercy's right beside you. Mercy woke you up this morning. Mercy rode with you to church. Mercy sat beside you in the pew. Mercy sat beside you as I watch some of you with tears running down your face as they begin to sing and worship God. Mercy's right beside you right now. And as I open these altars, I'm begging somebody, let mercy come to an altar with you and when you get here don't you let the devil tell you you can't do it don't you let the devil tell you you don't deserve it because mercy is screaming for you you are worth it you deserve the love of God you can do something for God Come on, all across the building, if you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, today is your day. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, today is the day that you can do it. Come on, there's people here that are hungry. There are people here that need to know God loves them. There should be nobody praying by themselves. I don't care how long you've been in the church. You need to pray. You need to let God lead you. Come on, quit letting the devil tell you you can't do it. Quit letting the devil lie to you and tell you you can't make something of your life. God's going to touch you. God's going to... It doesn't matter if you look like us. It doesn't matter if you understand it. It doesn't matter if you got your world all together. All that matters is that you have an encounter with God this morning. I don't know how to be Pentecostal. It doesn't matter. God chased you here. And God's trying to get your attention. He wants you to you know he loves climb you. You won't
1: up coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down. Lie you won't tear down. Coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't climb up. Coming after me. wall you won't kick down lie you won't tear down come after me there's no shadow you won't light up mountain you won't climb up come yeah come
0: on you won't don't listen to the lies of the devil lie, God loves you down, God believes name. in you if you can't believe in yourself there's a church that believes in you
1: throw your yeah, hands you up in the air right now as my praise team comes to the platform as my praise team comes to the platform you straddle, you are you thankful up, for mercy mountain, climb up, up today come on are you thankful for mercy today all you I want you to link up with the neighbor next to you right now.
0: I want you to link up with your neighbor and why don't you lay your hand on them today. Why don't you pray for somebody
1: today. Come on, surely goodness and mercy will follow me. I wonder if my ministry would move around this room right now. Mercy's chasing you today. Mercy's chasing after you today. Jesus loves you this morning.